Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the Dad-Son Challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of Manly Tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com challenge where you can download your free dad-son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. This episode is part of Season 2 of Manly Tales, where we're talking about the Knights of the Round Table. Today's episode is about Sir Galahad. Let's listen together. In the time of Arthur's reign as king, the seats of the Round Table would rotate between valiant men and their time as knights. Every seat, that is, except one. There was one seat known as the Seat of Danger, that at this time had never been filled. There was an ancient prophecy that the knight who was preordained to sit at this seat would be the greatest knight and gifted a holy vision of the world to come. While most did not dare presume that they were the chosen knight, once there was a haughty roguish knight who dared sit in the seat of danger, claiming he was the greatest knight, and upon doing so, instantly dropped to the floor dead. One spring, Merlin made an announcement to King Arthur and the knights. The time has come, as the prophecy foretold. The man who is to become the greatest knight and to be gifted the holy vision of the age to come is about to come of age and join the knights in the seat of danger. For all the young men who are about to come of age, we shall hold a tournament of arms testing their skill, courage, and character. The victor will get the chance to sit in the seat of danger. If he is the chosen one, he will be gifted the holy vision. If he has come to win the tournament by some nefarious means... The seat of danger will reveal his falsity. King Arthur and his knights were in agreement and spread the word of this tournament to the kingdom's young men. It was advertised that the victor of the tournament would have the chance to join Arthur and his knights, but there was no mention of this fabled seat. Amongst the hundred who responded were four young squires, Bors, Galahad, Mordred, and Percival. These squires had aided several of the current knights of the round table. Bors was a young man known for his dedication to his values and could always be trusted. Percival was known for his insatiable curiosity. Mordred, the squire of Sir Kay, was skilled with a sword, but with a thirst for glory, and was unrelenting of his opponents, even in sparring, often leaving many a young sparring partner with significant bruises. Lastly, Galahad, the son of Sir Lancelot, was known for his pureness of heart, dedication to his craft, an unyielding humility. Percival, Bors, and Galahad were preparing for the tournament in one of the nearby tents, suiting up their armor and sharing in their excitement for the contest. I wonder how many men have made it to this tournament, questioned young Percival, some timidity in his voice. Many who have a variety of different strengths. We will see at the end of this week who it seems may have what it takes, responded Bors. I know not, but I do know I saw many worthy men out there, including you two, Galahad said, gesturing to his two friends. I am honored to be competing alongside and even against such men of strength, of skill and heart, such as you. (laughs) A scoffed chuckle came from the tent entrance as Mordred entered. It obviously won't be one of you. 
You have to know you're the next knight, and I know I am the best out of all here. No one can best me with any weapon, and I deserve to be at that table. And with a sly smile and sideways glance, Why, I could even lead better than Arthur himself. Traitor! shouted Percival. Mordred laughed to himself. Mordred, you speak boldly. I suppose we will see who is to join our king and his knights. Galahad spoke as he extended a hand to Mordred. May the best triumph today. Oh, I intend to, Mordred retorted, turning to leave the tent, refusing to shake Galahad's hand. The tournament began. The four young squires did very well in the field. At one point, even Galahad and Bors squared off against each other in the joust. They each showed great skill, hitting their marks squarely. Galahad narrowly defeating Bors, three hits to two. Bors and Galahad dismounted their steeds and approached each other to wish well. When Bors lifted his helmet, there was a gleaming smile on his face. I know of no one I would rather lose to, my friend, as he clasped Galahad's forearm. Your lad struck true. You nearly knocked the wind out of me with that second blow, Galahad said with a chuckle. It was an honor to face you. The honor was mine, Bors responded. May God smile upon you as you continue in this tournament. It was now time for the final skill challenge, hand-to-hand combat. Percival, having lost to Mordred in archery, was out of the tournament. Mordred brutally worked his way through opponents during this challenge. He showed no mercy and fought with a monster's fury, giving no heed to his opponent's well-being. Galahad, too, made his way to the final rounds of the tournament, showing with great skill and a similar speed and wit his father Lancelot had proven to use, bested each of his opponents. At the conclusion of each round, Galahad shook hands and complimented his opponent on their swordplay. At last, the time had come. There were only two left, Mordred and Galahad. They were to compete in hand-to-hand combat to see who would be the next knight of Camelot. Merlin, King Arthur, and the knights sat in the royal stands to observe this final combat. Each member of this royal stand, curious as to the fate of the victor, if the prophecy were true, connected with the seat of danger. "'You might as well step away now, Galahad. Save you the embarrassment and wounds you are about to receive,' Mordred shouted to Galahad. Galahad crossed his sword in front of his chest in salute of Mordred. "'Your arrogance does not serve you. There is more to a knight than his skill with the weapon.' And with those words, Galahad lowered his helmet, and with shield in one hand and sword in the other, both young men began to fight. Mordred charged with a fury of blows, and with speed and hatred began to slash at Galahad. Galahad, quickly taking a defensive stance, began to parry, dodge, and fend off these initial blows. They exchanged hits back and forth. Galahad fought with a finesse to Mordred's reckless attacks. Galahad seemed to calmly maneuver through many of Mordred's onslaughts, but Mordred, in his furious skill, was indeed landing more strikes upon Galahad. It seemed as though the victory was in Mordred's hands. Mordred, not content with merely outscoring Galahad, pressed more fervently, intentionally seeking to strike some of the clasps holding Galahad's armor on. Mordred was able to weaken one of these clasps, enough for Galahad's shoulder bracer to fall to the ground. Mordred took the opportunity to draw blood from Galahad's shoulder. There was a gasp from the crowd. Mordred pressed more intensely, kicking Galahad to the ground, stepping on his breastplate and holding the tip of his sword to Galahad's throat. Mordred drew his sword back as if he were going to get ready to truly run Galahad through. Enough! A booming voice from the stand shouted. It was the voice of King Arthur himself. We have seen enough! Mordred, still holding his blade to Galahad's throat, turned to smile at the stands. He began to sheathe his blade and to approach the stand. With a smile still fixed to his face, he kneeled before the king. It will be an honor to serve alongside you, my liege, Mordred lied. King Arthur looked to Merlin and then to his knights and gave a knowing nod. He spoke to his subjects. On this day, 
Let it be known that it was revealed through this tournament, the next night of Camelot. Through his skill in combat, his courage in the face of challenger after challenger, and his strength of character, the next knight of Camelot will be Sir Galahad. Mordred leapt to his feet, and with venom in his voice spoke up, How dare you! I am the next rightful knight of Camelot. I beat every foe in front of me, and I am the best with a weapon. You are all witnesses to it, Arthur responded. I know in your youth and passion you are consumed with anger. And thus I will spare you the consequence befit of those who speak such treacherous words to the king. But hear this, boy. Every knight of Camelot knows he does not treat others as foes to be vanquished, nor does he rely solely on the skill of his blade. It is as much the strength of his character as it is the strength of his skill that makes him a knight. Learn this one day, Mordred, and there may yet be a seat for you at this table." With his pride wounded and his fury ablaze, Mordred stormed from the tournament grounds. This isn't over! I will prove I am the greatest among you! Galahad, during this chaos, had stood and stepped forward to kneel before the feet of his king. Lancelot, Galahad's father, leapt from the stands to tend to his son. King Arthur and Merlin approached Galahad. Arthur unsheathed Excalibur, touching it to each of Galahad's shoulders, saying, Arise, Sir Galahad, Knight of the Round Table! Galahad began to rise with a slight wince of pain as he held his wounded shoulder. Merlin reached out to put his arm around young Galahad, and as he did, his wound seemed to close up, and his pain dissipated instantly. "'Follow me, young sir. Let us show you your seat at the round table.' Arthur and the knights followed. As they approached the table room of Castle Camelot, Merlin began to speak more to Galahad, whose mind was still stirring from the experience. "'My boy!' This was no ordinary tournament. There is a prophecy that says in this age the greatest knight will arise, and as he sits in the seat of danger, he will be granted a holy vision of the age to come. But I will not spin half-truths to you. It is known that if the false knight sits in the seat, he will surely die. We believe you are that chosen knight. But the choice to sit in the seat and receive the vision is yours. You will still be a knight if you choose not to, and no one will think less of you for choosing the path of safety. His thoughts racing, he looked to his father, who gave him a nod of trust, knowing that the choice was fully his. If God smiled upon me this day in accordance with his prophecy, I will do as you suggest, for I trust you all and God's anointing of this time. Merlin slowly nodded and led Galahad to the seat of danger at the round table. Each knight stood next to their appointed chair, drawing his sword and placing it on the table. And with a knowing look, each knight, including Galahad, sat down. In an instant, there was a swirl of light that filled the chamber. They each knew in that instant Galahad truly was the chosen knight, and the vision they received is a story for another time. Okay, well, that was a really exciting story about Sir Galahad. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm really enjoying the way that these characters are starting to weave in and weave out of the story. I really kind of like how we're seeing some of the same knights show up in different stories. It's it's starting to feel really cool, like I'm, I'm seeing things kind of come together. Yeah, for sure. What did y'all enjoy about the story of Sir Galahad? Um, I think I enjoyed... Um him just being like nice and just like, hey, good job. I beat you, but I still think you did good. Yeah, he was he was a pretty uh, interesting and very kind and considerate character to kind of watch. Right. I mean, he seemed like a kind of guy that would be enjoyable to be around. He'd be a good friend to have. 
I thought so too. Eli, what about you? What did you enjoy about this story of Sir Galahad? Well, I just really enjoyed the fact that like throughout the whole story, kind of what Colton said, like he was just really nice to like all of his peers and his friends and just the like kind of camaraderie that he had with some of his buddies that he went to the tournament with. It was just really neat to see like just how kind and respectful he was to the people that were considered lesser than he was. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, I really like the moment when, you know, after he had the battle with Mordred and Mordred had won, I really liked that King Arthur stood up and was announcing who was going to be the new knight. And you thought he was going to say Mordred and they said Galahad. And it was like, oh yeah, the good guy won. You know, I really liked that moment where it was kind of unexpected, but also really cool because nobody likes Mordred. Nobody wanted him to win. So it was kind of fun that he didn't. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so when we talk about these stories on the Manly Tales podcast, we like to talk about it in terms of how we can learn what it means to be a man. And we do that by looking at our five marks of manhood, which are strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. So when we listen to this story today, what did you guys hear in terms of marks of manhood that kind of showed up in the story? Uh, well, I for sure heard honor just of the way that he was kind to like his peers and those that were in the tournament that lost to him. He was just very kind and respectful and kind of like throughout the whole tournament being nice and being a good sport. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When we listened to the story last time of Sir Gawain, we kind of talked about Gawain receiving honor from the other knights of the round table for how he was, you know, being true to his word. But I liked like what you said, Eli, in this one that we see Sir Galahad really being someone who offers honor to other men, seeing, you know, telling them how well they fought or how noble their character is or, you know, things like that, that he was really one who was giving out honor. And I thought that was cool to see as well. Colton, what about you? What marks of manhood did you see in this story? Um, I saw um, honor and allegiance because he was just like, like you were saying earlier, just giving out a lot of honor and just like being like super nice and stuff. And allegiance, he was just like, like, yeah, um, I'm good, but... I still want to be a part of your guys's things and I will never let y'all down. Yeah, that's right. So uh, in terms of allegiance, like who was it that he was trying to choose to follow? Who did he want to be like? King Arthur and the Round Table Knights. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So he saw that the way that they lived was a code that he wanted to live up to and live by. And so he was choosing to give his allegiance to the king so that he could live that way. I, th I think that's great. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit just for a minute about Mordred. What what did we see in Mordred? Did, I know he's like the bad character in the story, but when we think about our marks of manhood, did you see any marks of manhood in Mordred? Uh, well, I mean, I for sure saw at least three strength, courage, and skill. Like, it took strength and skill to be able to beat all of the people, and especially Galahad with a sword. And it took courage, like, to fight people with a sword and a spear. And, like, to be in that tournament took a lot of courage. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. And I, I think it's really interesting for us to kind of think about this idea that uh, that even in bad men, we can still see 
marks of manhood. So the marks of manhood don't make you a good man. They just make you a man. And so it's really kind of up to you about how you choose whether or not you're going to be a man who lives in ways that are good or a man who lives in ways that are bad. It doesn't mean that you're not a man. It just means that the choices that you're making may or may not be good or bad. And we definitely saw that Mordred was making some not good choices, right? What what were some of the ways that we saw him making bad choices? I just um, saw him just like, oh, I beat you. I'm so much better than you. Flex, flex. I'm so good. You're horrible. Bad job. I'm so much better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was he was really cruel to his opponents and really arrogant in the way that he talked about himself. And yeah, I would agree, Colton. Uh, we saw a lot of bad choices in that way from him. But like to Eli's point, we still we still saw strength and courage and skill. So Mordred was definitely a man. He was definitely exhibiting some of the marks of manhood. He just was choosing to make choices that made him a bad man. And we want to figure out like how do we make choices that help us be a good man? And kind of Colton, like I like the way that you talked about seeing honor and allegiance, um, a lot of, of honor and allegiance is the way that we make those kinds of choices help determine if we're going to be a good man or a bad man. So honor is about the peers around us and allegiance is about the authorities that we follow. And so if we choose to have peers around us who are helping us make good choices, and if we choose to follow authority figures or a God or a code that helps us to make good choices, then those things are going to drive us to being a good man. But even somebody like Mordred probably had honor among other men who fought the way that he fought fought and wanted to make some of the same kinds of choices that he did. So he might have had honor. He just had honor among men who were bad. And so that's why it's really, really important that we choose men to be around us that are going to help us make choices to be good. Okay, so at the end of every Manly Tales episode, we like to close out by leaving you guys with a question to be able to continue to discuss with each other so that you dads and sons can uh, keep having the conversation that we're having on the episode. So our question for the dads today is, what is something about your son that you believe is worthy of honor? And our questions for the sons is, who is someone that you can encourage today? Okay, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Manly Tales, and we will look forward to talking to you next time. We'll see ya. See y'all later. Goodbye. Manly Tales stories are adapted and performed by Josh Burns. For more information about the show, visit manlytales.com. Hey, dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.